In July, I had family visiting from overseas in town. You might have even got to meet some of them. I had my brother and his family from the States come over, my brother and his family from Italy come over, my brother here and his family, my parents, we all hung out together for about three weeks, all 19 of us. I'm not sure what a group of 19 Ryburns is called. You can come up with a name for that. When I was, uh, when the Americans flew back out, uh, I washed my car that same afternoon and we had been away on a couple of road trips, so it was a little bit dirty and needed a hose down. And as I was hosing the bonnet, I was also reflecting on the relationally rich time that we had had over those three weeks, but also the fact that I wasn't feeling particularly rested. And I, as I processed that feeling while I moved on to scrubbing uh, the tires, it dawned on me that there's a difference between time off and real rest. There's a difference between a day off and true Sabbath. And time off and a day off, that might do something to kind of replenish our energy for the other six days of the week or the other period of time, whatever it might be. But as the famous theologian Eugene Peterson once said, a day off is really just a bastard Sabbath. They're not the same thing. They don't achieve the same thing. So as I was washing my car uh, with a full but an unrested heart, I asked myself the question, what is it that I'm missing and where is it that I'm missing it? Today, I want to share with you for about the next 15 minutes or so, some ideas around Sabbath, a bit of a biblical basis for Sabbath, as well as some ways to practically engage in Sabbath, and hopefully a challenge that both you and I together uh, can take on um, in the next little season. But what is Sabbath? Well, we read about the concept of Sabbath all throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament included. I once heard somebody describe Sabbath as this, that it is about slowing down to be attentive to God. And so one of the practical applications uh, for this message is that we're actually not gonna be gathering together this coming Sunday on the 2nd of October. We're gonna be allowing space in our calendars uh, to practice Sabbath keeping uh, together. And why are we having though this Sabbath Sunday on that particular day? Well, there's a number of different reasons. Firstly, because our culture isn't very good at it. Our culture is not very conducive to stopping, to resting, to delighting, and to contemplating. We're constantly looking for ways to find more balance in life, find ways to be more rested. People download white noise apps on their phone or or tips on meditation or some other different ways to find rest and to find balance in life. In fact, one of our city groups at the moment is reading through a book at the moment called To Hell With The Hustle, a great book, but that's part of trying to find ways to rest effectively and find balance in life. Another reason, though, that we're having Sabbath Sunday this Sunday coming and not gathering in person is because whilst we're followers of Jesus and we're church family together, we want to remind ourselves that being the church isn't all about our Sunday gatherings because we, the people of the church, it's not all about our Sunday services. Another reason that we're having a Sabbath Sunday this coming weekend is because we've come to the end of quite a busy uh, season in church life. We've just uh, run uh, an Alpha program over the last six weeks or seven weeks, which has been great. Thanks again to Sam and Gail and Steph and Dave and the teams for all that they did to contribute to that. Uh, And also because it's school holidays, we've come to the end of a school term, which has been quite big and full, and it's coincidentally a long weekend. But more than just for those reasons, we're having a Sabbath Sunday this Sunday because uh, for many of us, 
Sabbath just seems like an optional extra or like something only important if you're feeling particularly stretched or strained in life or maybe something that's a bit old-fashioned but not really conducive to modern ways of living. And we don't really view biblical Sabbath as absolutely essential to discipleship and to following in the ways of Jesus. So that's why we're having a Sabbath Sunday this coming Sunday. We're not going to be meeting together in person because we're going to model to each other what Sabbath keeping can really look like. Now, a few disclaimers before I go any further. Sam Callahan actually preached a couple of great messages over the last couple of years looking at uh, the biblical basis for Sabbath, particularly his message from 2020. You can check that out on, on YouTube. I'd encourage you to do that. Another disclaimer, though, for you is that I have not got Sabbath keeping uh, licked in any way, shape or form. This is something that I'm learning and forgetting and relearning and enjoying and experiencing and then resisting and forgetting and relearning. Again, I haven't got this licked in any way, shape or form. In fact, here's a bit of irony for you, or uh, perhaps it borders on hypocrisy. I actually wrote most of this message on my day off. Uh, so this is not something that I've got uh, leaked in any way, shape or form. I've got a long way to go to be able to authentically say that I have this, this as a rhythm of my life. But I'm hoping that together alongside each other, we can learn to adopt this practice, this gift that God gives us uh, into our lives. I don't always enjoy resting. In fact, I far more enjoy achieving. I think I'm probably addicted to that feeling of achieving. And also, like, I very rarely, rarely feel like I'm at the end of my capacity and like I really need to rest. And I think that's like a really key point because Sabbath is not just resting from our work. Sabbath is also working from our rest. If I, if I put it to you like this, uh, mankind was created on uh, the sixth day of God's creation. What was the first thing that mankind did after they were created? They joined God in that place of rest on the seventh day. Before they produced anything, did anything, achieved anything, named anything, they joined God in that place of rest. I wonder how you felt the first time, if you can cast your eyes, uh, your mind back a couple of years, I wonder how you felt the first time that we were under stay-at-home orders during the global pandemic. I remember having distinctly two different feelings. I remember at first feeling like I could take this really big, deep breath. Like I felt there was all of a sudden this space in life that I hadn't had previously. I had no uh, particular obligations or responsibilities. It was almost like what I can imagine if you've lived in the Northern Hemisphere before, what a snow day feels like. The shops are closed, the roads are closed. There isn't a whole bunch uh, to do or to achieve. Your responsibilities aren't even in, uh, as relevant as they normally are. All of a sudden, you've got this space and this obligation-free day. You've got permission to play, to be with your housemates, with your family, to read a good book, to watch a good movie. There's very little to achieve on those sorts of days. That was the first feeling that I had, this ability to be able to take a deep breath because the pressure felt like it was released. That feeling, though, was very quickly snuffed out by the second feeling that I felt was this uh, need to justify my contribution. <laughs> that was the second feeling that, that came in very quickly. 
I don't know if you've heard the old adage that everybody's main task in their job is to justify their job. Well, I even had somebody uh, ask me during that period, uh, James, what is it that ministers actually do during lockdown? <laughs> and I acknowledge like that the life of somebody who works for a church uh, can be like a little bit uh, less definite than maybe some other people's uh, rhythms and routines. But if you pair that old adage of everybody's job is to justify their job with uh, my tendency towards self-sufficiency and the work ethic that I inherited from my grandmother, I don't know if I've ever been as busy at keeping myself busy as what I was during those early days of the pandemic. But I want to take you back to that first moment, that deep breath moment, that snow day moment where you felt free from pressure and obligations and they were out of your mind. And I want to share with you four countercultural practices of Sabbath keeping borrowed from a guy called Pete Scazzaro that I want to commend to us as we look to adopt this practice of Sabbath keeping into the rhythm of our life. And I'm hoping that these four countercultural practices you'll be able to adopt uh, and, and it'll work for your particular life situation, your temperament, your calling, your personality, whatever they might be. Here are the four countercultural practices. The first one is this, that actually Sabbath is first and foremost a day of stopping, of stopping. Actually, built into the very heart of the word Sabbath is the phrase to stop, the Hebrew word Sabbath. Yet most of us, we can't stop until we're actually finished uh, all our particular tasks and our goals and our projects. We need to finish that project. We need to write that report. We need to clear out our emails. We need to reply to those messages. We need to empty the dishwasher. We need to clean our apartment. Whatever it might be, there's always something else we need to do before we are able to stop. But Sabbath is a chance for us to embrace our limits. I had this very simple revelation, which I shared with our city group a couple of months back. I had been reflecting on the fact that God, if God wired me, if he made me, if he gave me the capacity that I have, then he also gave me the limits that I have. And if those limits were given to me by him, if they're God-given limits, they must be good things and things to embrace rather than to ignore. Sabbath is a chance to embrace our God-given limits because only God is God. Psalm 121 verse 4 says that he has no need of sleep or slumber, but we do. I do. I need to sleep. I need to rest. I need to slumber. I'm his creature and the world continues on just fine even when I stop. You know that I don't really like stopping. Well, here's maybe even something slightly weirder. I don't even like sleep. I often think, oh man, I could achieve so much more if I didn't have the need to sleep. But I do. I need to sleep for a handful of hours each night just to function the next day. And so we stop on Sabbaths because God is on the throne, not us. He's on the throne and he is holding the universe and making sure it keeps ticking over even while we are at rest. No matter how hard I work, when I finally do die, there will still be projects and there still will be goals that are unachieved. And that's okay because God is in control. He's on the throne and I am not. Isaiah 64.4 says that we have a God who works for those who wait on him. Elsewhere in the Psalms, it says that God is at work while we are at rest, while we are sleeping. And so stopping on the Sabbath is I think the key way of embracing that Psalm 4610, which tells us to be still 
and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. Because at the core, like the core spiritual issue really at play here is an issue of trust. Can I trust that God will take care of my cares and my concerns if I obey him and keep some sort of Sabbath in my life? He did it with the loaves and the fishes. He takes the little that we have, which is insignificant really and insufficient in being able to feed the multitudes, but he takes the little that we have and he multiplies it miraculously. And so Sabbath at its core is really about trust. If we obey him and if we trust him enough to stop. Once we stop, Sabbath also calls us to rest. God, it says in Genesis, rested from his work and he calls us to do the same thing as well. So what do we do with that time that we then have in our day if we're not working? What do we do? Well, we do whatever we find restful, whatever replenishes us, whatever we delight in. That might be taking a nap. That might be going for a long walk, hitting the gym, going for a surf, going out for dinner with people, enjoying the theater, a movie, a good book, whatever you need to do to feel restful and replenished. I need to avoid my laptop. I need to avoid my phone. Maybe you do too. When we stop and rest, we're respecting our humanity and we're respecting the image of God in us. We're his image bearers. And it it kills me to admit it, but we are not nonstop human beings. And it shouldn't have taken a global pandemic or family visiting from overseas for me to recognize that, to recognize the need to rest. We also need to recognize that as Jesus said in Mark 2, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That means that actually we don't serve the Sabbath, but the Sabbath serves us. It's a gift for us. God gives it to us, but it's a gift that we have to receive as well. Stop. Rest. And the third component of a biblical Sabbath revolves around delighting in what we have been given. God did this actually after creation. It said that he looked at what he had made and saw that it was very good. And the the phrase there um, denotes this kind of sense of enjoyment, of pleasure, of contemplation, of joy, of wonder and of play. I wonder if that's what rest looks like for you. Does it look like wonder, contemplation, joy and play? Sabbath is a chance to slow down and enjoy, to enjoy creation and enjoy the gifts around us. It's a chance to slow down and even just enjoy the food that we're eating, to eat slowly, to enjoy the taste and the flavors and the senses and the aromas, to taste the riches of creation. I was speaking uh, to somebody once who said, I can't wait till they invent a food pill where we don't have to go through all the theatrics and the mess of food production, but we just take a pill and we get all the nutrients we need. And I remember having two thoughts. One was like, but what about the romance, the theater of food? What about like all the connection that it enables? And then my next thought was, but that is very efficient. And I do like efficiency. (laughs) I I, I don't know if you remember being uh, when you were younger at a kid's birthday party and uh, seeing this table full of, kids' birthday parties are much healthier nowadays, but seeing a table full of all the sorts of foods that you weren't allowed to eat at home. And I remember like, gorging myself, stuffing my face with all these different sorts of foods, Uh, not really being able to taste anything because I was just ingesting it so quickly. I remember sitting with someone only recently, we were both eating a a spicy Thai chicken pie 
And while the guy I was with was still finishing that pie, he opened a Mars bar and began eating that as well, mixing these flavors together. I'm just like, what is going on there? I often tell my kids when we hand them a special treat, maybe a Freddo frog, guys, savor it, slow down, enjoy its taste. Don't scoff it. Enjoy the, the flavor, enjoy the smells, appreciate it. Sabbath is a chance to do that. It's also a chance this Sunday to enjoy the beauty of a tree, of a leaf, of the cool breeze on your face, of the beauty of the sky, of all that God has created with the care that he has. It's about enjoying creation and delighting in the riches of its miraculousness. Sabbath is a chance to do that as well. We are, as William Blake once said, to see the world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wildflower. Enjoy eating foods, enjoy the beauty of creation and slow down, walk slowly enough to connect with other people. Have enough space in your day for a conversation with your barista, with your neighbor, whoever it might be. And, and have a sense of play, healthy play in your day as well. That might be through sport or games or going to the theater, which is a new thing for me, or, uh, or looking at old family photographs, whatever it might be, like nurturing our sense of pure fun in God is part of what Sabbath is about. Stopping, resting, delighting. And the final key component of a biblical Sabbath is, of course, contemplation of God. When God was speaking to Moses in Exodus 31 about Sabbath, he says, you are to keep it holy for the Lord. And so reflecting and, and, and processing and uh, considering and contemplating the, the wonder of God and the love of God is essential to a biblical Sabbath. All throughout Jewish history and all throughout Christian history, the people of God would come together to, to worship God, uh, to enjoy his presence, to read and reflect on scriptures. That's why for many of us, uh, Sundays are going to be our best opportunity to embrace Sabbath. And, and Sabbath is also about a chance to experience or to sample uh, something of the fullness that is to come when we see Jesus face to face, when we enjoy uh, the wonder and the glory and the greatness and the beauty and the excellence, which far surpasses anything that we experience here in this life. It puts this life into its proper perspective. Stopping, resting, delighting and contemplating. Here are a couple of final few tips for you. It's not a one-size-fits-all policy. Sabbath is going to look different for different people. What works for one person won't necessarily work for other people. And I don't think Jesus expected us to get legalistic about the how or the when or the where of Sabbath. Consider your stage of life. Consider your rhythm of life. Experiment. Try something. If it doesn't work, try something different. Try something for a couple of months and find something that works for you. Everybody is different. Here's another little tip for you. Let's choose a specific start time and a specific finish time. That might be over a 24-hour period, and that, if that is, then great, but that we are going to Sabbath. Be deliberate about starting your time of stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplation. You might need to tell your family. You might need to tell your housemate or whoever you, is around at the time that that is what you're doing in order to allow space for those things. If you've never intentionally tried to Sabbath, then that's why we have created the space this coming Sunday by not gathering together. So it's a chance for you to try this Sunday. 
Perhaps you have tried Sabbathing before, but you've never quite found a rhythm or a habit with it. Well, this Sunday is a chance to get back on the horse and try that again. Here's the challenge that I have for all of us. Would you join me in trying to find a Sabbath each week for the next three months, October, November, and December, through to the end of the year? And if you're willing to do that with me, would you also keep me accountable in that as well? And if we get to the end of the year and Sabbath keeping has done our soul some good, then let's carry on with it. And if we get to the end of the year and it hasn't, then we can take that up with God. But I wonder if we begin this practice of stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating, I wonder whether we'll find the rest of our life also gets infused with these same qualities. I suspect that that was always God's plan. God bless and enjoy.